Disclaimer, this episode contains adult topics, sensitive content such as self-harm and bullying, definitely not intended for children. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome to my channel. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Michelle Bell. Welcome back to my channel, Cheesement and Beer, where anything goes. All right, let's just uh, get down to it. I actually recorded this episode several times. I know you guys have been asking me several times, actually, when I was going to put it out. I've been procrastinating because this is actually the first time I'm going to tell some of the story with the second band. Okay. I left off with you guys that I was still with the Spanish band at the time. As you heard, the many stories you could only imagine I was already over and done with with this shit. It was too much for me. It was stressful. The male chauvinism, the constant talking about my accent and, you know, I could never do anything right. I had to be this perfect little doll with them. And I just was not that girl. That ain't me. I am not perfect. I'm not. I'm just not. So I'm going to share. Mm, I'm going to share maybe one or two more stories about the very very last bit of everything okay so I was still in the Spanish band one time we went to Texas uh, we had a live radio interview I don't remember the name of the guy Um, he was very flamboyant he was really like um, how can I say like Liberace I don't know how to explain it he had like a rhinestone cowboy hat tight pants sequence and shit all over the place like do you guys remember those jeans that had like the stars and the hearts on the butt okay he had that but it wasn't a heart and a star it was just like the rhinestones going around the pockets and then he had like a raccoon tail that was like hanging out of his pocket of his butt dude wild okay wild he was probably in his mid-30s I was I think want to say 17 at that time Uh, going on 90 at that point (laughs) like always we do these interviews and it's always the same stupid shit and they it's very much scripted and there was things that you can say and that you couldn't say and so they they prepped us they told us okay no bad words no this no vulgarities because it's live radio so you got to be careful so okay we were cool we were trained right but this motherfucker He had it out for me. I don't know why, but he did. So he's asking the girls the basic questions. Where are you guys from? You know, are you guys married? Do you guys have boyfriends? What do you guys do other than the music? And then he comes to me and he's like, I heard you're the youngest one. How are you going to school? And then he just like, I'm answering the question. Then he stops me in the middle of the, of the response. And he says, wait, where were you born? are you from Mexico? And I said, no, I was born in East Los Angeles. He goes, oh, no wonder. And then we just kind of let that slide. And me and the girls kind of looked at each other like, what the fuck was that all about? And then he asks me another question. And then he says, okay, wait a minute. I got to ask you. So are your parents proud of you? And I said, yes, they're very proud of me. And again, I'm, I, I'm falling for the bait. And I'm answering the question. He goes, well, I don't see how they could be proud of you. I mean, do you even speak Spanish? And I, I was confused. And I said, well, yeah, that's what I'm speaking right now. I thought I was speaking Spanish. And the girls were like, yeah, like what's going on here? He goes, well, it's so broken. 
You know, like your parents should be ashamed of themselves. Man, look, let me tell you something. You can call me a bitch. You can call me stupid. You can call me whatever the hell you want to call me. But do not ever disrespect my parents or my siblings. Ever. People, I mean, seriously, like I, I would go balls to the damn wall just to defend my family, okay? So what do you think I'm going to say? I looked at him and I said, what did you say? <laughs> and then he goes, you're a disgrace. You are, this is, this is what's wrong with society. Mind you, this is the 90s, okay? This is the 90s. And I just told him, shut the fuck up. And my producer looked at me like, no. And he like gets his hand like he's doing like the cut it, cut it, cut it, you know. And the girls were like, <gasps> and we're all like, we're all elevated. And now this man is cussing at me and he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, fuck you. And we're just going back and forth. It, it was very bad. We had to end the live recording. There was lots of fines thrown around. There was lots of money that had to be paid. But my producer understood and they got into it too. And they're like, oh, look at this is not fair. Like, look what you did to her. That's not okay. And I, you guys, I was so done. I was just so done. I couldn't do it anymore. I was tired of defending myself. You know, I went through so much. Like, I don't even know why I'm getting so emotional, but I went through so much during that whole entire time you know like not only was I in it and this is a whole other episode that I'll talk about but like I was molested as a child and I went through a really difficult time where like I couldn't say anything and no one ever believed me and then I get into this Spanish band where like I have to be perfect and I still can't speak up and I still can't defend myself and I still can't say anything. And I'm just like, I just had it. I had it. You know, I was sad because I missed my family. I was sad because I couldn't experience the things that all my friends were experiencing at that time. But I was also grateful at it was weird. Like I was so confused. I was grateful because I was able to go to all these places and I traveled all of the United States. And I mean that every single place all throughout the United States, but I could not experience it in a happy way all the time, you know, because I was caged. I was a little caged bird and I was taken out to sing when it was time and I was put back in the cage again that it was just too much for me. So I had spoke to my parents and I'm just like, okay, that's it. So then we decided fine. Come back from a tour. There was like another tour coming up. I sorry you guys. I hate to fucking cry on this shit. Uh okay anyway. I come back from a break. I'm on a break. And uh, my sister had moved out at that time because she had my nephew or whatever. And she comes to my mom's house and she's like, hey, butthead, do you want to go to a kickback? And I said, yeah, fuck it. And it was Super Bowl, if I wasn't mistaken. So now I'm back. And at this time, I lived in Belinda. Okay. And um, my, like I said, my sister picked me up. We took off. We go to this house party, barbecue, Super Bowl, whatever. I'm sitting on the couch and then... This, you know, it's packed. I don't know anybody. And this guy 
comes to the couch and he like plops himself and like it shakes the whole couch and like the cushion kind of bounces and I just look at him. He looks at me and then he tells me, who are you? And I said, who are you? He goes, I live here. And I said, oh, my bad. And then he turns around to his girlfriend at the time and he's like, who's this youngster? And then she's like, oh, that's Diane's sister. That's the girl from the Spanish band. And he was like, oh, shit. All right, fuck, I heard a lot about you. Hey, my name is, and okay, and I have to tell you right off the bat, I cannot say the names of the band members. I really wanted to share the band that I was in, but I'd rather not say it out loud. Um, if you know me, and if you're on my Instagram, and if you've looked me up, you will see what band I was in, okay? And then from there, you can use your imagination, but I don't want to put anybody out there, okay? I'm going to drop hints, but just to be safe, I'm just not going to say the names, okay? So this specific band member was like, yes, I've heard a lot about you. Now, let me, let me just explain something about this band. It was a 90s hip-hop band that was super big, was always on the radio, um... At that time, I think they were signed with Warner Brothers, I want to say. I, that was my stomach, sorry. <laughs> and they had already toured. They were very well established. Really good band, okay? The DJ was very talented. Both of the rappers were really good. Like, there was hardcore talent here. That's all there is to it. So when I was talking to them, I was like, hell yeah, this is, this is what's up. So, okay, back to where I was at. So we're talking, we're talking about the music. And then he says, I would love for you to do some backup vocals or maybe possibly a feature if you have the time. And I said, sure, we'll hook up soon. Okay, cool. That was it. I didn't reconnect with this band until about a year later. In the meantime, I went back on tour again with the Spanish band. And uh, okay, so then I finished that one. Um, there was this big old ordeal, um, like one last hurrah. I actually should share this story with you because if you guys remember Rascahuela, this is a good one. So <laughs> we went on, we went on tour, we went and we performed and we did our thing. And, uh, this one specific time I was walking to the tour bus and there was like a group, a group of males and they were surrounding me and trying to get close to me and were like getting touchy feely you know, and trying to kiss me and the security guard there for the club was not doing shit about it. And then there was another group that was performing and they seen the whole ordeal. So then they come to my rescue, they get into it, they fist fight, they get into it, whatever. The producer, my producer, Papa Smurf comes back, tries to sit, you know, figure out the situation or whatever. And then Rascahuela was like, eh, here we go again. You see, everywhere you go, there's always a problem. And I just was like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, nobody even likes you. Just shut up. And then he got into it with one of the other guys. That guy popped him in the face. Rascahuela popped him back in the face. And guess who got fired? Yep, stinky pants. Okay, so that's the end of that. I never seen him again. <laughs> Woo, but that was a good one. Anyway, so now <laughs> the tour is over. I go back home. Now I'm like, what do I do? There's still 
there's still some time on the contract that I had for it to finish. There was nothing I could do about that. I just kind of had to wait it out where I couldn't perform with other people, where I couldn't do pictures or sing with other bands or whatever, because I basically belonged to the Spanish label. Okay. So I had to kind of wait. So during that time, I just decided, fuck it, I'm going to go back to school. I wanted to go to mortuary school, but my mom at that time was like, no, try working on people who are alive. And I was like, all right. So I went to Marinello's Schools of Beauty. And that was fun. But I didn't really care for it. I mean, I was good at it. I won a lot of competitions. And I excelled big time in that field. As many of you guys know, I ended up becoming a cosmetology instructor for Marinello's. And so I taught for a while. But it just kind of wasn't my thing. Like I was good at it, but it, it didn't light a fire in my ass, y'all. So I kind of, you know, fiddle faddled with other, you know, careers and stuff and whatever. But I always had this fire in my heart for the music. The driving force behind a lot of my passion is through music. That could be anything. If I'm listening to it if or if I'm creating it, doesn't matter. That is really what drives me. When I was asked if I wanted to join to go to a car show to go and see this band perform, best believe I said yes. I was like, yes, I'm totally down for this. I went, I met with the rest of the band members very briefly, and we decided that we were going to hook up the following week or two weeks or something like that. And I got picked up, I got taken to the studio, and needless to say, the magic was there. We had a blast. We recorded a song. We discussed a couple of things. Um, they weren't looking for a female vocalist or anything like that. It was more of just like a feature kind of thing. They wanted some backup vocals. I was down with it because I was going to school at the same time anyway. So I didn't really have too, too much time. Well, unbeknownst to me, I did not know that this band was having some issues within the group that had nothing to do with me. I'm not going to discuss all that stuff. But what I will say is that I happened to be at the right place at the right time. One of the band members decided to leave. He decided to venture out uh, to basically expand his wings. You know what I mean? He was very successful in this. He did great. Um, but there was a, a love-hate situation here going on between them. So the remaining band members that were in the group needed more bodies, should I say, on on stage, right? And just to record because they needed more material because now one of the main members is gone. This is a this is a really big thing. I forgot to mention that during the time when the band was still fully together, I got offered a opportunity to sign a contract with the record company that they were working with at the time. So, of course, I said yes. We had a beautiful signing party um, with a gorgeous cake with a record on it. We took video and pictures and all kinds of stuff. And at some point, I'll find the tape for you guys because it's on VHS and I have to find the little tape holder. You know, my youngsters, you guys don't know nothing about that shit. But I have to find the cartridge to put the little tape inside of it. And I'll let you guys know ahead of time. Anyway, I ended up picking up more duties as a band member at this point, right? 
Now, I never felt like I was actually in the band until one day. Well, well, hold on. Not even one day. Several times. We had some features of music being in a movie. We were all supposed to go for the, the viewing, like, you know, like a, like a pre-party or whatever, to listen to where the music was going to be in place and in the parts of the movie. And it was this big old thing that was going on between the band member that left and the previous band members or whatever. And I, again, I had no idea what was going on. I did not want to get involved in that shit. So I was just kind of like a little innocent bystander. And then someone had said, Hey, so who is Michelle now? Did she take his place? And then one of the band members was like, yeah, he, she took his spot. And I looked at him like, huh? Like what the hell? Like since when I'm, I, I was confused. I had no idea. But then shortly after that, that's kind of what the script was. Yes, she's a member of the band now. She's the female vocalist of the band. She's the female vocalist of the band because I'm not a rapper. Okay. I was just doing, you know, singing like hooks and, and stuff like that. Well, within time, I started to do a lot of the like translating and I would write the lyrics, uh, change it for one of the, the rappers. I would change it for him from English to Spanish and, you know, take care of that stuff. Now, I don't want to get into that part. Just, just take note of that. Okay. Till this day, what I will say is I don't get no motherfucking royalties, not one penny, not one cent out of any of this stuff. Okay. I'm sure by the tone of my voice, you can tell that it was not a pretty ending. My farewell was not a good one, but let's get back to the other stuff. For the most part, being in this band was one of the best decisions that I could have ever done in my life. I got to travel overseas. I got to perform in different countries. I mean, I got to experience Switzerland and France and Greece and oh my God, you guys, seriously, like I could die right now and definitely feel like, yes, I have lived my life because I have traveled all of the United States and I've also gone to places that I wanted to go to overseas. <sighs> well, in the beginning, it was sweet, like a honeymoon. Then you start to get to know people and then you start to learn their habits and then you start to learn their ways and the attitudes. And this is normal because this could have been for me too. And it was really hard to adjust to such strong personalities because all of us had very strong personalities. When we were traveling and touring, eventually you get sick of each other. Remember, I am surrounded by men. So there was constant farting, constant big shit, talk, you know, taking, talking about tits and ass and pussy and all this. I mean, constant. And mind you, like I can totally roll with the punches. I don't, I don't care about that. But when it becomes constant, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Oh my God, just shut up. It just gets too much. So <laughs> first like again, okay, I, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. I'm in a, in a tour bus with a bunch of girls and there's hormones going around. And then it's the band members that were in that group and we're fighting because, you know, 
girls didn't have that much power in the male, you know, dominated scene and all this shit. And now I'm in another damn band with like the, like everybody's swinging their motherfucking dicks. I mean, it was constant. I even grew a penis. That's how I feel. Like I was constantly like, what the fuck? Like I was, I ended up becoming like the little brother. And at that time, you know, I was in a relationship, a very shitty relationship. And she hated it. Oh, my God. She hated it so bad. Oh, my God. You guys, I I got my ass beat left and right for stupid shit during that time. And so, of course, they cared for me and they wanted to get involved in stuff like that. And, you know, having the music and having the personal life, you can't, you can't mix the two. You just can't. So if something's going on at home, you leave that shit out there. You get on stage, you be happy, you deal with it. And then after you talk about it or you lash it out or whatever you decide to do. And this is kind of what it was eventually, right? So in the beginning, (laughs) it was a beautiful match made in heaven with all kinds of creative juices and music and vocals and all kinds of stuff going. And then you get to know people and then you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought you were like this. Damn, we go on tour. Now you're a completely different person. You ain't that you ain't that same person in front of your family in front of your baby mama or in front of your wife or in front of whoever you were in front of at that time, like completely different. And it was a shock because it's not like I'd like naturally adjusted to that shit. Hell no. Like that, that as soon as we crossed those waters, it was like, poof, everybody was a whole brand new character. And I am ashamed to say (laughs) that I fell into that trap as well. I too, at one point, became from hell. I was an alcoholic. I was constantly uh, being with multiple women. Uh, I didn't care. It was easy to become an asshole because I was surrounded by assholes. If, you know, in the beginning, I wanted to get to know these people and I was just like, oh, no, but, you know, I want to keep in touch. And they're like, nah, fuck that, because they're going to become groupies and they're going to be bugging us and blah, blah, blah. And it's true. It did happen that way. And mind you, like in my natural state in life, I do have people like I draw people to me constantly. This is always a normal thing in general. You could only imagine now being on stage and now having a bunch of people. I would I thought I could handle it, but then they did become groupies. Like people would legit follow us throughout the whole tour, town to town to town to town to town and try to get in the backstage and try to party with us and try to hook up with us and whatever. That's just kind of what it was. And um, with alcohol and with uh, hormones and, you know, the swinging dicks, it it started to become mm, annoying it started to become like too hostile to the point where bullying was involved. You know, here in the beginning, I was the little sister. I was the little sister and everybody loved me and they all wanted to protect me and they were all very gentle with me and very kind and very considerate. And then once the veil was lifted, it was like, Bitch, you ain't shit. Just fucking do your job. 
just do your do your fucking job. And then we'd come back home from tour and it was like, hey, sis, do you want to come to the house for dinner? Do you want to get together and write some music? Like it was fucking weird. It was like a very bipolar relationship. Very, very bipolar relationship with all of them, with all of them. Okay. Minus the one that left the band. He, he, he took off and I haven't seen him since, but we have kept in touch and I love that guy. I have zero issues with this man. He is a sweetheart. He has always been kind to me. He's just, he's been wonderful. He and his wife are amazing. Anyway, so during this time, like I said, I, when I first joined the band, I started to do the bitch work. I would be in charge of, you know, talking to, you know, the, the, the promoters and, um, the venue, you know, managers and, um, taking care of the writer, making sure that the food was correct, making sure that there was no ingredients that should not be in there, making sure that we had our waters and our teas and whatever we wanted for backstage making sure that the security understood that we didn't want to have certain people coming in the back. That's the kind of shit that I was doing. And mind you, I was still performing. It's not like if I was not performing and these fucking dudes were in the back, like pretty little princesses, fucking smoking, drinking, prepping, getting themselves nice and ready for the show. And here I am, no fucking makeup, hair all jacked up because I'm running around. I'm doing all kinds of stupid shit. Like I said, doing the bitch work. And then I would have to hurry up and go back to my room and get ready. And they'd be like, you better hurry up, Karas. We're going we're gonna to leave you. And there was several fucking times. Can you imagine? I was, oh, I was in another country. And they'd be like, we're leaving. And they would fucking leave me. Now... <laughs> Now I learned the truth of why they were leaving me. I didn't understand it at first. I thought for sure it was just because I was taking a little bit longer. I quite, I didn't quite understand it because I was like, fools, I'm fucking doing this for everybody. I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for everybody. Why are you not taking me into consideration? If you had such a fucking problem with it and you knew it was going to take longer, why didn't you fucking help me? Why didn't you help me set up the bottles of tequila in the back? Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you make sure that, you know, to, to get the music correct or whatever? You know, I, I'm at fucking sound check. And these, some of these, sometimes the guys were not even nowhere to be found. I'd be checking their mics for them because I already fucking knew. You get what I'm saying? It was just, it was ridiculous. And honestly, I can, I can say with the whole heart, it was worse to deal with these men because they acted worse than women. At least the women were prepared. Yeah, we were, maybe we were a little bit late and maybe we were hormonal. But let me tell you, we all took care of each other. We all had each other's backs. With this whole situation, not so much. Not all the time, but not so much. So eventually, when they were leaving me, it's because they were doing stupid shit that they shouldn't have been doing. Shit that their women at home would not be fucking happy about. You get what I'm saying? And I guess, I don't know. I mean, I come from an upbringing where you don't say shit. You don't open your, your mouth up. You don't say shit. You're not, you know, and I, and still till right now, the only reason I'm saying shit is because you'll find out at the end of this episode. 
Okay. And even then I'm not giving details. I'm still not giving names. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. But at that time, I would have never fucking ratted them out. I would have never said anything. But they, you know, whatever. They didn't give me the benefit of the doubt. So whatever, fuck it. It is what it is. So eventually, this stuff started just getting too repetitive. I was left alone a lot. So I ended up becoming really good friends with the road managers, with the promoters, with the bartenders. You know, let me put it to you like this. I got out of that band in 2008. I am still, till this day, I am still friends with several of those people that we worked with overseas. Till this day. Mind you, I'm not in the band anymore, but they love me and they respect me and they all said the same thing. And again, I'll get back to that. So I learned a lot again of the ups and downs and about the money stuff and about the secrets and the lies and the manipulation that was going on behind my back. You guys, I never thought that this was going to happen to me again. I, I didn't. And this was a whole different situation because nobody was talking about me behind my back in the other band. Everybody loved me. They all fucking just protected me and I was sick of being protected. But then now here I am in another band and I'm really not protected. Now I'm like left to fend for myself. And this is when I grew. This is the moment that I knew I was self-reliant. This is when I knew that I was a badass bitch. I was in another country with a bunch of men who acted like hens and I was fucking handling business the way I should have. Fast forward, lots of music was made. At some point I started doing solo music that those, those songs were intended for my own solo situation. There was a couple songs in a, in a, like basically like crate music, you know, it was just shit that we, that we set aside and just projects that, w that had nothing to do with the actual band itself. <sighs> I started to notice that my vocals were being messed with. Like if you listen to any of the music from back in those days, the music was not modified correctly. Like it didn't sound as good as it could have. Um, mainly because at that time the DJ didn't know how to deal with singing vocals. He knew how to deal with uh, hip hop vocals. And it, it is a really big difference. Like usually with singing vocals, you want it to sound clean and have some reverb, a uh, little bit of bass, depending on the tone of the voice. For me, I, I have a very bassy sound, so I need a, a little bit more treble and I need a little bit of reverb because it just sounds a little bit more, you know, it sounds more like echoey. It just, it sounds really good. But he didn't do any of that. And he would leave my vocals the way they were with the rap, which is a little bit more, you know, bassy, um, not so much pop, you know, because they're close to the mics and you don't want to hear all those uh, clicks and stuff. You know what I mean? So that was also a difficult situation. And then at first I thought, oh, okay, maybe it's just because, you know, he didn't know how to do it. Well, later on, I start talking to these promoters and they're like, ah, oh, they talk so much shit about you. I'm like, why? Why? Why are they fucking talking shit about me? Well, what happened? What happened was people started to ask for me to perform solo. 
And one of the band members was not fucking happy about that. He did not want me to get more attention than him. One of the last tours that we did, they flat out fucking told him, if Michelle's not going to be on the tour, we don't want the tour after all. And I had already gotten into it with him at that time. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he's like, oh, well, come on. Like, I need, you need to do this for us. And we need the fucking money and blah, 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 blah. And you can't do this to us. And we've done so much for you. And, and I'm just like, dude, I've done more for you than what you've done for me. Relax. Like, relax. You make it seem like I came from fucking nothing. I came from something. I already had a career. Yes, I am blessed. Yes, they brought me into the world in the, in the English. And yes, and I'm so grateful. And I've never, ever, ever said I was never grateful for that. Even after everything that happened, I always give props. I always give praise for that stuff. So anyway, here was the last straw. Like I said, I was talking to everybody else. Now there's word, like I said, that people wanted to do shows with me by myself. They were cock blocking. Then I started to notice that the pay was changing. I wasn't getting paid the way that they were getting paid. I would, I would do a, a tour for a whole week or five days even. And I would come home with 300 and something dollars. I mean, I'm not stupid. Even with the female band, we were getting paid fantastic. And for me, in my opinion, the band that I was currently in was way fucking better than the Spanish band that I was in. If I was getting paid almost a thousand dollars, how in the hell am I not going to get paid for a, a band that is international, that is in movies and uh, radio play and music videos. It just, it made no motherfucking sense. So lo and behold, the road manager broke down to me one day and he says, you know what? I'm so sick of the way you're being treated. Honestly, I can't stand it. You know, they're taking money from me too. And before I leave, I just want to let you know, they're stealing money from you. And I was like, no, there's no way. There's no freaking way that they are. Yeah, they're stealing money from you. They're making up excuses. I heard them. You know, remember when they would leave me? They were having these conversations. They were taking money. They were splitting the fucking money. My cut. They were splitting my cut. And then I would ask them, hey, why is so-and-so getting this much money? Why, why didn't I get that? Oh, because you had to pay you had to pay for your plane ride and that's for the, for the food. And I'm like stupid because every single show that we did, they would give us, you know, 40 bucks for food every show. And if you didn't spend it, then you didn't spend it. You were going to keep that cash. And I learned how to do the breakfast, you know, the free breakfast accommodations and all that shit. And I would save up every penny that I had because I got a house. I, I got a house at the time. I had a brand new car. I had things to pay. So I, I held on to every dollar that I possibly could. And then the excuses started with, oh, well, it's because of the merch, you know, the merch and stuff that we're selling. Bullshit. Because guess who was selling fucking merch? It wasn't them. It was me. <laughs> I was selling the merch. So I knew how much we had made for the merch. 
Oh, well, they owed us money from the last show. Fool, I've been with you guys for years now. What fucking show? What show was that? So it was just excuse after excuse after excuse. And then it just became intolerable. It just became this really vicious cycle to the point where it started uh, trailing onto the stage. You can see the tension. Um, one of the members would start bullying me on stage. He would fuck with like my mic time or we got into big old fights. Like we were on stage and everybody's yelling and cheering and stuff. And we would go in the back and he'd be like, you better stop your fucking shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You better go out and interact a little bit more. You better get out of your fucking feelings. Like, like shit like that. Like I almost felt like I was an abused wife <laughs> without any perks. Do you know what I'm saying? It just, it was just too much. So again, I've already been down this road before. It wasn't going to happen again. So at this point, I knew when to tap out. And I made it very clear that I was told this information by the road manager. And of course, they fired that road manager amongst other ones that I had spoken to. And when I left the band, it was told to me that during an interview with a music television network, it was shared that supposedly the reason I left the band was because I was doing drugs. Now, let me tell you a little something, okay? I started doing drugs and messing around with shit in my early 20s. When I left this band, I was way past that, okay? <laughs> to go and make shit up because you don't want to say that you stole my money and that's why I left is beyond me. Now, I'll be honest with you. I forgave that whole situation. I did. What I could not forgive is that I, like I told you, I don't receive any royalties, not one, not one cent, nothing, nothing, not from the commercials, not from the movies, not from anything. There's so much to show and nothing to show in my pocket. Like I wrote this music and then it like, and it gets worse than that. So years passed. Okay. So, okay. I was, I was teaching at the time or whatever. This was in 2008. When I decided to do that last tour, one of the band members was like, like I told you, he was like, you better do it and we need the money and bop, bop, bop and whatever. And I said, fine, well, you better pay me correctly. And that was the first time I had ever gotten paid correctly. So I got all my money, all the money that I was owed that should have been the normal pay. I got it all. It was great. And I said, all right. It was great doing, you know, working with you guys. I love you guys. No hard feelings. It's just time for me to go. I'm I'm going to go to school to be a teacher. I'm I'm doing my internship right now. So there's not going to be no time right now. I was engaged at the time. I had a fiance and a daughter. Um it was her daughter, but you know, I helped to raise her and I loved them very much. They were my life. And he could not let that shit go. I mean, he was so fucking pissed that I left. Then he made up a story that I was 
you know, I went and I told his girlfriend at the time that he had cheated, which was a crock of shit. I never fucking said anything. And then he was like, yeah, we kicked her out because of that. And that's what it was. And she didn't know how to shut up. Bullshit. I'm a lot of things, but a rata is not one of them. But I will, I will stand up for the truth. And the truth is, I never said shit. That's a fucking lie. It's a fucking lie. Just like everything else that this guy said. So, a few weeks after that tour, I am getting ready to go to my fiance's house. I was living in Fontana at the time and I was going to Covina. I had to take the train. And it was like six something in the morning and all of a sudden she just starts tripping on me. We're going back and forth and we're fighting and we're fighting and we're fighting. And somewhere along the line, she was like, you stupid bitch, you fucking cheated on me. It's done. It's over. You will never see me or my daughter again. We're, we're over. Mind you, we had a wedding set up. Okay. August 8th. 2008 I already had my dress the, you know it was just it was it was just the, the the conversation was already set we set the date and she fucking ended it and I had no idea why I didn't know and at that time you guys I was so devastated I felt like my heart fell out of my ass I was cleaning my tools at the time because I was working at a salon down over there. And like a stupid, I grabbed my barber's blade. <laughs> and I slit my wrist. <laughs> because I thought my life was over. I didn't have the band. I was having issues with all the gossip and the lies. And now my family was gone. And so I slipped my wrist and I, I just laid there to bleed out. And my dad found it kind of weird and my family was home and this is the biggest regret. My biggest regret is that I did it while my family was in the house. I don't know why I did it. It was just a moment that just happened. I, I've never been suicidal before. And my dad stopped hearing me yell, so he knew something was wrong. And he broke the door open, and they found me on the floor. And my parents took me to the hospital, and whatever, I got stitched up, and... I ended up having to get fucking put in the loony bin. They held me for, they had a, a hold on me because I slit my wrist. And then once they did an assessment, I told them what happened. I'm just like, nah, that ain't me. I have a lot to live for. I don't know why I did that. It was just out of desperation, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. And I had no idea what happened. And I kept calling her and calling her and she wouldn't answer. And then finally, of course, I just stopped. And I didn't find out about a year later. Um, glimpses of what happened because my ex finally told me 
that the band member rallied up her and my previous ex-girlfriend and told them that I cheated on them while I was on tour, which let me tell you, I ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> and right now would be the perfect opportunity to fucking come clean. I never cheated on these stupid bitches. I never fucking cheated on them. When I was a hoe, I was a hoe solo. That's not my get down. I don't do that kind of shit. That To me, that's a waste. There's no purpose in that. Why cheat when I can be with a bunch of bitches if I want to? You get what I'm saying? So I could not even fucking believe it. I couldn't even believe that she would even believe that. And he ruined her life as well. He single-handedly did that shit. And I didn't get any details. Then I can tell you till years later when the last remaining band member called me up to ask me for forgiveness. And I said, what the fuck is going on? Like, I haven't talked to you in years. What's up? What do you have to tell me? And he told me everything everything he he wanted to get it off his chest because karma got his ass big time big time bankruptcy lost his job wasn't in the band anymore i mean everything you name it it fucking got him and i forgave him completely completely forgave him for everything and he told me yeah the band member told them he rallied these, them up and he told us, you guys better not fucking say anything. Fuck this bitch. I'm going to pay her back. She's taking money out of my pocket. So because I took myself out of a situation where they couldn't steal from me, from, steal from me anymore. Now I'm taking money out of their pocket. Doesn't that sound fucking stupid? It's ridiculous, right? Fucking ridiculous. And then... One of the other hype men that ended up joining the band towards the end or whatever. I warned him. I told him, be careful. What's going to happen to you? And guess what? It happened to him too. And he fucking apologized to me too. One of the other guys that was with us all the time, he fucking let me have it. He let me know everything. And the only person that will not apologize, or he actually, well, I'm, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. Hold on. That one person, that one band member that I mean, corralled the whole fucking cow, all, all the cows in the fucking pasture. He fucking blamed it on them. He blamed it on them. <laughs> and then, like I said, again, years later, I mean, this is a lot of years, you guys. Go figure. Like I said, I left in 2008 and, you know, I was with them from like, let me see. I met them in 1997. That's a lot of years, a lot of music, a lot of years, a lot of tours, a lot of bands, a lot of wonderful memories. I'm just sharing with you the shitty stuff because this is what this podcast is about. How the end, how I ended the music shit. <laughs> and um, one Christmas, he hit me up and I, I, I want to say he hit me up on fucking MySpace. Or was it Facebook? It might have been Facebook when it first, first came out. Yeah, it might have been Facebook when it first came out. And he was like, hey, what's up, sister? Merry Christmas. God bless you. I just want to let you know I love you. And I'm sorry that things went the way they went. I hope that we can, you know, make peace. 
And at that time, I was like, hey, fuck, you know, let's talk. I love you too, you know. Hopefully, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys too. And and I did say that, and I thought to myself, okay, he's going to fucking come clean. Nah, he didn't. He didn't. And throughout the years, there's been shit sprinkled from here to there. And other, you know, bands have come clean to me about a lot of shit. And I, I, I need to tell you guys something. I am very much affiliated by many great artists big big artists i mean grammy i mean like nominated people people that i've worked with throughout the years who have all came to me and told me hey man my bad i'm really sorry that you were treated that way we heard a lot of shit but you know what we never believed it and thank god because i am an honest person and i am good about shit like this i worked with them I didn't burn any bridges, y'all. This is the perks of being a good person. This is the beauty of being honest. This is the beauty of being a genuine hearted person. You keep your connections. And I've kept many connections. And though that part of my chapter ended, and it ended so horribly to till this day, that I still don't have a scent from any of that stuff. That's all I want. That is all I want. All I want is my fucking creds. Any of my music people, you guys fucking know. We work hard. We work hard for that shit. Those were dark times in my life. I was going through health stuff. That money could have helped me through my treatments throughout my life. That money could have helped me when I was fucking homeless. That money could have helped me with my medications. That money could have helped me with my procedures. Dude. But no. Instead, it's in his pocket. And whoever else's pocket. But it ain't, it ain't in fucking mine. And maybe one day I will have the strength to voice who it is. And then when you guys hear the music, you guys will understand that a lot of those lyrics that were saying, those weren't his. I wrote those fucking lyrics. I gave those ideas. Did I get any props? Nope. Nope, sure didn't. Sure fucking didn't. I just want what's mine. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Just, just what it is. Oh my God. I still can't believe I even shared it, that stuff, but I am proud of myself. I mean, I figure I have the platform for it. Why fucking not? So now let's fast forward to current situation. I am not singing, <laughs> but there's a couple projects coming up very soon. Um, as y'all know, and I can say this because it's just me. I was signed to Thump Records. I do have a couple, you know, songs out there. Nothing more, nothing less. TikTok, uh, Someday. Um, I've also done features with my fucking homeboy Epidemic, who is the shit. You guys got to go check him out. He is awesome. He has also mastered some of my stuff. He's so talented. I fucking love him. 
Um, that is who I'm going to be working with again soon. I've also worked with Rallo. Oh, my boy, Rallo. I love him. He's so cool. And also uh, Zach, uh, my homeboy Zach. He's, he's, he's very talented as well. I've just been blessed, y'all. And I have a lot of vocals on many different artists, like lots and lots of artists that you guys know of and hear of. And sometimes if you can hear in the background, you'll hear me, you know, chiming in in the background, doing some background vocals, but I don't care to share that right now, you know. And, um, you know, because of my status and stuff, I've also been able to get notoriety with people that knew me from back in those days like of course my mama Troy who is um was married to Bradley from Sublime and I love her so fucking much that's my comadre that's my ride or die right there I love that's my sister it's just, I'm telling you like oh, just the blessings that I've that I've encountered throughout my years because of my music career you know, like love really does exist. Respect does exist. Unfortunately, not in this one case, right? But we keep on going. So just to end this episode, and this is a very long one, probably the longest one we've had. I have every intention of going back to the music. Every intention. I have grown so much tremendously with many different avenues of my life i i am grateful i am healthy as can be <laughs> i've i've came a long way from that little kid that you know just was at the wrong place at the right time right time at the wrong place whatever and then got another opportunity i've just y'all i'm i'm blessed so thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Like I said, it was very difficult for me to do. Uh, be gentle with me. But I love you guys and thank you guys for tuning in. And like I always say, love each other, respect each other. Don't waste your time on people who won't even give you the freaking time of day. It ain't even worth it. Be around those who are like-minded that respect you and love you and believe in you not the ones that are absent and just pick and choose whenever they need you because they use you and you don't want to be like that. You don't want to go through that because you're better than that. You deserve more. So with that being said, I love you guys mucho, mucho, mucho. Y lavense las colas.